Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Believe in Northwestern Football Podcast, a new podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. Do you believe? I am Peter Warren, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, former All-Big Ten receiver Jeremy Ebert. Jeremy, how are you doing today? Peter, doing well, man. A lot of, lot of changes happening in college football, man. It's, uh, it's been a wild few weeks here. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a great time. I know you've had a great few weeks, uh, but... Before we start here, I'm just going to got some advertising. So let's talk about the tweet for a second. Listen to these studies from Harvard and John Hopkins that say chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. As someone who's a you know, current college student, you know, I don't get my eight hours of sleep you know, every week, but when I do and I get that at least eight, it just, it's a refreshing way to sort of start a week or, you know, get a re- revival after some midterms, after some finals. And one of, one of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. It's tough to get a good sleep if you're too hot. So I want to tell you about Pod by 8Sleep. The Pod by 8Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like your bed cool your partner and your partner likes to bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try to pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund you your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of the first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro. I'll repeat that, 8sleep, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash pro. 
it's the place to go if you want the newest and best innovation in sleeping technology and just if you want a better night's sleep. Again, 8sleep.com slash pro. I mean, you can't, you can't beat a good night's sleep. Let's be honest here. I mean, that's true. I mean, I, I know we, we've talked, I know Fitz has sometimes talked about impressors, you know, the importance of sleep, forms of players getting rested. And I'm sure you can attest to that. You know, if you don't get a good night's sleep the night before, it can be tough on game day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And most of the time you don't sleep that well because you're, you're nervous. But if you got a comfy bed and, and something like that, it's going to help you out. I mean, why not use it? Yeah. No, that's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, you know, speaking of sort of moving along here, Northwestern ended the season, big win over Illinois, got the hat for the fifth time. And right after, arguably, you know, something just as big, Northwestern, you know, and Mick McCall, they separated, you know, McCall came out. And what was sort of your initial reaction to, to that big news? I, I think it had to happen. I think everyone knew that something had to happen. Um, I know Fitz is he's almost, he's almost loyal to a fault. Um, he, you know, he promotes that, you know, he has the longest tenured coaching staff in college football that can be, you know, viewed as good and bad. Um, and I think this year was just the amount of offensive struggles, whether it was injuries or not, we just should not be as bad as we were. And, um, you know, it just, it was, it was time for a change, you know, and, um, Mick was, uh, you know, he's a great coach. I, I was able to play for him for four years. I was there on his first year, honestly, at Northwestern was my freshman year was his first year at Northwestern. So, um, you know, uh, thank you. You know, we won the big 10 West with them and, and a lot of football games, but, uh, I think it was, it was time for a change. Yeah. I think you, you really hit the nail on the head there. I mean, Coach, you know, Mick McCall has had, you know, a very good legacy at Northwestern. He mentioned sort of you were on one of some of his first teams. He really helped, you know, you said, mentioned the Big Ten West, you know, a lot of bowl victories as well with Mick McCall's DOC. But it did, it did just sort of feel like it was time, time for a change, time to sort of just switch things up. You mentioned Fitz's, you know, loyalties to a fault. I personally, I like that in a coach. I like that, you know, in a program. It's rare. It's rare nowadays, you know. Yeah, and, you know, it's sort of something that I think Northwestern can sort of hang its hat on. It's like, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we live and die by our guys. You know, Coach, you know, Fitz always preaches brotherhood. You know, the players really preach that. I think having that on staff as well is really good and can really help sort of build the program like he has. And like you mentioned, it is rare. And I think it is sort of something cool that the team can hold its hat on. But you, you were right. I mean, it felt like. I mean, he's he'd been here over a decade. He'd been here a long time. He'd done some great work. But every once in a while, you need to, you know, freshen things up, get new perspectives in the room. And, it, you know, you mentioned it just it was just a time for it to happen. You know, it's, you know, you never want to see somebody, you know, lose a job, get fired. But, you know, sometimes it just a change needs to be made. And McCall's the guy who had to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, bringing in Lou Ianni and, in a gargle last year, I mean, and then changing the offensive line coach, um, you know, to Kurt, I think um, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, we've, we've evolved. Kush left, we got Kurt in, you know, um, we, we kind of are, are doing an overhaul of the, of the coaching staff to like kind of a, a younger uh, looking crew. And, um, you know, it was, um it, it was it was time and and I'm excited you know I'm, I'm kind of looking forward now to you don't know what to expect but I know there's a lot of good recruits coming in especially in the offensive line um whereas our new OC um 
you know, that's kind of a, his MO is he's got some big offensive lines at BC and they've, they've been successful running the ball. And that's kind of where Northwestern's offense is, is tilting where we used to be a pass spread. It kind of looks like we're tilting towards a, a run heavy offense. Yeah, no, it definitely does feel like that, especially, I mean, you look at sort of the, the depth in that running back room right now. I mean, Bowser had a down year. Uh, there was injuries, but I mean, he's still, you know, he's a guy who lit the, the conference on fire. You know, it's true freshman year. Anderson is very shifty out of the backfield. Evan Holman named for himself some runs. Jesse Brown, you know, people forget Jesse Brown was really good in those first couple of games before he got hurt. He's yep. a guy, I mean, that's a room that's got a lot of talent. And, you know, you mentioned the new offensive coordinator just officially announced today. News first sort of broke Friday. He was going to be the guy, but it's uh, Mike Bajakian, you know, 45-year-old head coach, you know, coming over from Boston College, spent one year at BC as the OC, spent the previous four years in the NFL, actually, with the Tampa Bay Bucks as a QB coach working with James Winston. Before that, offense coordinator at Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Tennessee, also spent time at uh, Chicago Bears, and they made Super Bowl run back in 2006. Uh, you know, not a guy who was on uh, a lot of radars for this. But, Jeremy, I was thinking, when you first sort of heard the news about about Mike, what was sort of your, your initial reaction? Uh, I was intrigued. I uh, It was a name that, that I had never heard of. Um, that, no offense, that was just not a big name out, out on the board. Um especially with the Boston College staff just recently being fired. Um, you know, I thought I thought we would hopefully make a big run at Kafka. Um, but, you know, obviously it's going to be tough to pull him from his position in Kansas City, um, you know, coaching Patrick Mahomes. But um, I just thought there were some some other candidates out there that, that we were going to pursue a little harder. Um, and it, when it came down to it, 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 it felt like we almost settled. But again, like I, I'm, uh, you know, an outsider looking in. I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar. I know that he's had success at Boston College. I know that their offense has improved every year. Um, I know they're a run-heavy oriented team, and I know that we right now with our, you know, our recruits coming in and in our offensive line recruits, especially um, as Coach Anderson has has a few studs coming in. Um, we kind of it, 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 it might be a great fit. You know, we're going to have to wait and see, but it, it, it's interesting to say the least. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you sort of mentioned it, not a guy on a lot of radars. I mean, I don't think any of the, you know, the sort of articles out there from the Chicago Tribune and inside you and other places sort of had him on the short list. So it was sort of, you know, shocking when I saw it, the tweet come across my phone and it said, you know, Northwest, I think it was the first one I saw was from uh, Matt Fortuna, the athletic, who said, you know, Northwestern is zeroing in on Bajakian and, you know, did a little more research and you're right. It's a, it's a very intriguing move because he's not, you know, the most recognizable name or, or face, but I mean, he's got some good track record. I mean, Boston college this year, you mentioned run the ball a lot, had, you know, AJ Dillon, you know, a very underrated, you know, running back who put up uh, almost 1700 yards this year, only 318 carries, you know, 14 touchdowns, you know, passing wise, they throw a little bit, I mean, you know, some of those Central Michigan teams, you know, they, they had some really good offenses. You know, you you know, even though they've struggled at Tennessee recently, the offense, you know, was pretty good when he was there. And I mean, he's also he's also coached some you know interesting guys throughout his time. You know, he's coached uh, he coached you know Antonio Brown, Central Michigan, 
He coached a couple guys at Tennessee. JJ Watt, JJ Watt was on that team too. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's essentially he's got some experience with some some guys, and I just think you know it's not you know the sexy choice. It's not sort of like he's like Kafka would be, or even like uh, Matt Canada uh, would be. But I think I think it has a lot of potential to work, and be interested to see like sort of what his next steps are uh, as what, what do you think he would do now his next steps? Yeah, I, absolutely. And I, it, it's going to be interesting to see our, our quarterback play as well. Like what quarterback's going to fit his style of play? You know, is it going to be a Hunter Johnson who, who's a gunslinger? Like he, he can get back and rip it. Um, you know, who, who's going to fit his mold for us to be successful. I think that quarterback room is going to be going to be interesting um, when it comes down to it next year. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think I wonder because also he's also in addition to being offensive coordinator, he is going to be the quarterbacks coach as well. Right. So I mean, you bring a, you bring in a guy like that, pretty much. I guess I I assume Fitz and the staff has an idea of who they want mm-hmm. heading into next season. You probably base it or make some decision around Bajakian. And I think well, there's all, you know, there's also well rumor, there's good. also rumors now that the Boston College quarterback is he entered the transfer you know portal in. Now they're saying that he possibly could be coming to Northwestern, which is just that's another throw another hat into the freaking you know throw another bag in the hat right now. Like we get we could have another quarterback on our hands. I mean that's a great point. What do you think, sort of, about going after you know the Boston College QB? I, it's interesting because like we still don't know what Trent Green's going to do. Um, you know who's a, who's a big leader in our, in our locker room. Um, you know, and then you got Hunter, and then you've had basically. I feel like we've had like seven quarterbacks play this year, um, all of which were not very successful until, you know, the very end we we started running the ball um, a little bit versus Illinois. But, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting because obviously he's very familiar with the offense, the, the Boston College quarterback. Um, he's going to be familiar with the offense because basically it's, it's going to be tough because going in, basically everyone has to learn a whole new offense from square one next year whereas you know as you get older in in a system you grow and learn so like by year by year four two or three you got you know the offense by the back of your hand it's easy you making making adjustments reading hot reads like you know how everything flows so learning an entirely new offense without bull practice is going to be tough at itself um for next year so it's just if you bring in a quarterback that has a little experience that knows the offense that knows the reads that knows the hots it, it, it's obviously like a shorter learning curve. So he, he has the upper hand on basically everybody. Yeah. No, I mean, you make great points there. I mean, Anthony Brown, who's very solid here at Boston College. I think my worry is if you bring him in and he sort of, I just wonder like what that does to the rest of the room. Because I mean, like, you already, you're, it, 100%. Because like you already have, I mean, you brought in Hunter and like, it seems, and if you bring in Brown, it feels like you're already giving up on Hunter, and you know, in the future. And if you want to, if you, and if that decision Fitz wants to make, and the staff wants to make, like that's a perfectly fine decision. But and then if Brown, but if Brown doesn't work out, or if Brown struggles and doesn't win the job, and somebody else, it just feels like. I mean, it's always great to get competitive depth. I know Fitz loves talk about competitive depth, but I just think there's a lot of risk reward if potential bringing in a, another quarterback into the room. Absolutely, and you got to look at it. Brown and Hunter both are, you know, have injury plague, you know, careers basically at this point too. 
you know, so it's not like we're, we're bringing in a solid guy that's, you know, always healthy too. So, and, and with his offense, it looks like the quarterback runs the ball a lot. So he's going to be taking some hits. So it's like durability too. You got to keep, keep thinking of that as well. It's just, you know, are, 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 is our quarterback going to be able to take the hits, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of questions that will need to be answered and they you know, at some, maybe not soon, but at some point, you know, we'll get at least some answers and sort of some idea of what it's going to look like going forward. Absolutely. And again, it just, it hurts again, not, not being able to get to a bowl game and getting those extra practices in and, and whatnot. So it's, um, you know, got a interesting spring, spring ball coming up. That's for sure. Yeah. I want to hear more about sort of the effect of, of, you know, not getting those bowl practices, but before we do that, another ad for you guys, this time, my bookie. You know, it's an exciting time for sports. Sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual-threat quarterback. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50-1 to the evening season and have plummeted since, making my bookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. They're on the 14th. We have one of the most stacked. Then on the 14th, we have one of the most stacked UFC cards in a long time. Three championship fights, all highly anticipated, right in the betting capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. Without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action. And we have the best place for you to go, my booking. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to one thousand dollars. That means if you deposit two grand, you get an extra thousand dollars in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promotion promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. So sort of going back on that, you mentioned sort of a few times out those bowl practices. How important you know are those bowl practices, you know, for a team looking like this like Northwestern that would sort of want to like sort of get some extra time and extra practice in. Oh, that's it's an extra spring ball. You know, it's 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 all the young guys and the redshirt guys that you know weren't able to play the season. It's it's their time to, you know, so show how much they've grown throughout the season in, in those practices. It's it's you can't. I mean, just on the field practices, you just don't get a lot now with the NCAA regulations, and then losing those to not having you know not being able to play a bowl game is just it's huge. You you can't take away practices, and then you know us losing twenty practices is is huge, and then it's going to hurt us. Um, next year and um you know it's it's going to be interesting we're going to have to learn a full new offense now with just with just spring ball so it's um it's going to be tough we got we got a we got a uphill road ahead of us and it's um I'm I'm looking forward to it you know it's going to be a challenge and hopefully our guys are up for it yeah you know hopefully you know you made you made a lot of really great points there that I really hadn't thought about before considering sort of the bowl practices and sort of you know we all knew I know I all I knew all about Extremadus knew about you know impact of not making a bowl on recruiting on sort of team morale and sort of like you know reaching your team goals. But I didn't even think about you know all those practice time missed, especially for you know a lot of those quarterbacks who struggled. And you know Fitz talked about lack of preparation. You mentioned an extra twenty practices. 
those have been just great times just to get more reps, more reps for guys, more practice, just more time, you know, on the field. No, absolutely. And the thing is, is like the starters and stuff, they won't like we practice, but at a very minimal, it's, it's the young guys that get a majority of the practice time, you know, the starters and the guys that have established themselves, it's, they've proven themselves. Now it's, it's the freshman getting the reps for next year early on in those bowl practices. And then as it twinders, you know, gets closer to the game, then obviously it, it picks up and reps up with, with the ones, but it's, it's the twos and threes that are getting most of the reps during bowl practice at the beginning stages. And those are, I mean, you just can't take, take away those reps, man. It's, it's tough. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, I mean, some great points there. It really make me, you know, I was already sad about us not making a making a bowl, but now how it's really really putting in perspective that these spring practices, you know, we knew new OC would make it interesting. Now it's like, you know, I think it's fifteen or so practices. I mean, those are going to be crucial, crucial for success in the fall. Absolutely, and, and looking, you know, now looking at our our new OC, I just saw we we posted some stuff on Instagram here. You know, he had some. You know, awesome offenses, you know, dating back to the Central Michigan days with Dan Lefevre and Antonio Brown, like you were saying. And then, you know, Travis Kelsey, um, you know, he's had some, you know, some awesome players that have, you know, worked under him. So it's just um, it's going to be interesting because it's it's like looking recently, it's been A.J. Dillon and in, in running the ball. He's led the ACC in rushing. You know, he's the great thing that Fitz is going to love is he's posted the best ball security in the ACC. So Fitz is going to love that already. But, um, you know, looking, looking through this, he's had, he's had a, you know, an unbelievable career as a coach. It's just, um, it's interesting to see that, you know, just somebody that wasn't really hot, hot off the radar, you know, with the coaching staff being fired at BC. So, um, still, still just interested. Sorry to, to circle back. It's just, um, just saw it on the on the on the social media here so um wanted to bring it up no nah, no nah, i mean i mean like you said it's gonna be it's a really interesting to see what he does you mentioned like previous before you know the fever and antonio brown you know very much a passing offense you know now this past year very run heavy with aj Dillon. it seems this seems something you know i know a lot of northwestern fans have sort of complained about this in the past but it seems like Bajakian is willing to you know use what the personality has and adjust the offense around around that which has sort of been a complaint about McCall recently that sort of he just whatever he never really switched up some stuff depending on who he had and I think this could you know that could be really good having a, a very flexible OC willing to switch it up you know say maybe a more running quarterback then willing to do more read option or more of a you know pass happy guy you know spread it out go four four out so it should be really interesting to see sort of if he's willing to make those adjustments and how that affects, you know, how Northwestern lines up and how, how it approaches everything. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think McCall was just – he was very predictable on what he was going to do. Um, you know, it was wild. I, I knew I could watch the signals on the sidelines and they hadn't changed all the signals. So I knew what players were running uh, when I went to the game. So it's just – it ha- it hasn't changed since he's been there. We run the same plays. It's super predictable on third downs. Um, you know, it, it was time for a change, and um, you know, I think all the ex players like we knew it. Like you know, so it was just a matter of time before the you know the defensive coordinators in the Big Ten figured it out as well. 
Yeah. No, I got some really great points there. And I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned sort of, you know, people sort of knowing it was time. Interesting, you know, as the end of every season, you know, some players decide, you know, enter a transfer portal. You, you mentioned Anthony Brown at Boston College. A few guys from Northwestern have sort of, you know, come to the season, enter a transfer portal. Uh, Brian Bullock and, and Rod Campbell, two defensive backs, you know, have been backups for most of their careers, have, have entered as, as grad transfers. But the big one that sort of st- uh, stuck out is, you know, Bennett Skoranek, you know, team captain this year, was supposed to, you know, got hurt in the third game, so pretty much he can use here as a redshirt year. Yep. You know, and he's entered the portal. He hasn't said if that means he's going to transfer. I believe uh, Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune reported it's 50-50 that he transfers and stays. You know, what was your sort of initial reaction seeing, you know, another great, great wide receiver like yourself, you know, enter a transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to Ben a, a bunch, and, um, you know, we've, uh, you know, kind of grown close over the years. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, w- it was surprising, especially a team captain, someone that's invested, you know, so much into this program. And um, it, it would stink to see him to leave it on a bad note, you know. This has been, like, you know, the worst year, and he has an opportunity now to come back as a fifth year uh, with all the experience um, and, and put it to good use. Um, and um, it, w- it would – it would hurt us to lose him. I mean, he, I feel like he's he's a leader. Uh, he's a leader in the locker room. Um, obviously, has the the big play, um, you know, aspect of his game. I mean, that Iowa catch. I think that that one will stick in our heads for a long time. But um, yeah, I think it, it's it's interesting. You know, historically, we don't have a lot of transfers at Northwestern. So seeing a a, a senior captain leave is is kind of it kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And, you know, a guy, you know, you know, went down that first game and that third game against Michigan State, first conference game, and you sort of, you know, you didn't, really, you know, you sort of made none of it at the time, but when you, you know, you didn't, at the first presser, fit say, you're going to be out indefinitely. So when you really realize how much that would hurt, you, I mean, you saw the impact of not having him on the offense this year. I mean, you mentioned the big playability, the, the Iowa catch is legendary, but I mean, he's this guy who could, you could sort of, Hunter or Aiden or whoever was being the QB this year could sort of rely on a little bit of security blanket role, especially with so much, so much inexperience at super back position. Right. And it could be that, that blanket in, those, in a lot of situations. And, you know, I sort of, obviously, you know, I have, I talked to Ben in a little bit at the beginning of the year, but, you know, met, you know nobody's talked to him in, in the media since the injury. But I, you know, I can imagine, you know, you're, you know, you don't redshirt your first year, you know, you start pretty much, Sophomore, junior year, hanging senior year, you're a captain, you know, you're a starter, you know, you're one of the team leaders. You expect to sort of, and then, you know, after season, you know, all in your expectation, you're going to leave and you're going to go NFL, you're going to, you know, go pro and all that. And suddenly an injury, you know, cuts that short in your redshirt and suddenly you have to reevaluate a lot of things. I can understand why, you know, he might think, you know, a change might be needed or just like the freshen up. Cause I mean, he was, Cause I think is, I mean, I'm sure like in his mind, you know, he was, you know, getting ready to leave and suddenly it's just sort of like, no, you can stay now. You can do that. It's probably a bit of a mental adjustment. You know, I'm just speculating here. I, I don't know what Ben is thinking. So, you know, it, I wasn't super shocked to see him enter transfer portal. Cause I can understand, you know, the mindset behind that of, of why he might, you know, you know, feel like, you know, a change might be needed or a change sort of has to come for where he's at. But it would be very disappointing to see him go. 
No, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like we, we don't know what he's thinking, you know, and um, who was the wide receiver that transferred last year and had a, um, a fantastic career at Richmond this year? Charlie Fassler. Yeah, thousand yard receiving this year at Richmond. I mean, you could see like, you know, if it's the thing is, is like that was a a performance like that. He wasn't Charlie wasn't getting the the touches that he thought he deserved. So he transferred. He went to Richmond. He had a great great year. Can't can't argue that. Ben's the leader. He's our number one target. So like, it's not like he's not getting the ball or getting the ball thrown to him to throw out good tape, which is what you need. In the NFL, you need tape. You could, I mean, obviously you could test like a freak and all that and, and make it in there, but tape's what sells you. So it, it, it's interesting to see, like, that. That that's what is interesting for me is, like, where's he going to go and, and, and be the number one guy? Because he's going to have to learn a whole new offense, and which he's going to have to do anyways. But he's already established himself here at Northwestern as our number one guy. So I, that that's, what, that's what's kind of throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, no, it's definitely – you know, it's definitely a very interesting time. I mean, it's just for, especially like with that situation. I mean, like you said, we don't really know what Ben is thinking. You know, we hope whatever decision he makes, you know, it's best decision for him. If, if it's somewhere else, you know, we'll wish him luck. If it's here, we'll, you know, I'm, I'm sure Fitz and, you know, Sprint, Coach Springer and the whole staff will welcome him back with open arms. I mean, he could be a big component, especially if uh, Bajaki and the side source, you know, spread the ball out a little more, really get out. Focus. He could be a, a big, a big threat and do do a lot of great stuff, and you know, really improve his, you know, his draft stock. Exactly. Well, that's another good point. Like, we don't know what type of offense we're going to be running next year. If it's going to be a run heavy, then obviously, yeah, a transfer might be better for him. You know, for his career. Yeah. No, there's, a, I mean, a lot of questions, and I mean, I think also something that might be involved is, you know, you mentioned it before, but you know, TJ Green, he he could apply for a medical red shirt at a six year. Uh, he's currently listed on the 2020 Northwestern roster on, on NUSports.com. We reached out to the, uh, the Daily Northwestern, uh, reached out to the athletic department about that. And they pretty much said they're just, you know, until you hear anything otherwise, Bennett, Bennett is staying and TJ is, TJ is gone, but they sort of, they, but he's still on the website for some reason. Hmm. And I think that's sort of a big thing that could also affect, you mentioned Anthony Brown comes in. That prob- if Anthony Brown comes in, that probably means TJ, if he decides to come back for a sixth year, TJ probably goes. And I think if TJ goes, your odds of getting Bennett very much, or having Bennett stay, drop dramatically. Right, because they, they grew up together, and that's that's a thing. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's going to – we got a, we got a crazy few weeks ahead of us, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, even without a bowl game, there's still – Plenty to talk about, plenty to sort of keep our eyes on. Because, I mean, they're still I mean, they're still recruiting now because, you know, uh, with an open slot at quarterback now for this class, you know, I know they've been doing some recruiting there. It's interesting to see if they, you know, Bajakian can sort of immediately hop on and, and get maybe a, a quarterback recruit. Well, yeah, that was an unfortunate turn of events. I saw that on the on the ticker as well. Um, so we lost our, lost our quarterback for next year coming in. So hopefully – you know, with the new OC, this this he could bring someone along or you know recruit his butt off to get us someone special. Yeah, yeah you know, sort of an outsider perspective. What do you think? What goals do you think Bajakian should have for sort of this this first sort of few months with the team? 
Oh, he's going to, I mean, uh, as you know, I mean, it's, it's Northwestern football family. He's going to have to, you know, break down those walls of all those players because it's, it's, it's a tight knit family. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, with the changes and stuff, it's, we're going to have to, you know, welcome it in the players are going to have to accept them and, and, and really just embrace what he has to bring to the team and the offense. And I think that's going to be, you know, a, a big learning curve and, and change from the norm from um, from the players. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a big learning curve. Um, they're going to have to get their heads back in the books because McCall's offense was was pretty simple, pretty straightforward um, to learn a whole new system. And you don't you don't really know what type of system he is. If he's a concept guy, if he's you know West Coast, we really don't know how he how he runs his offense. So it's just going to be interesting to see uh, how they embrace him and you know if if we really invest in and get this stuff down because we're going to need this team to be looking good by the end of spring ball. Oh, definitely. I mean, this year in my mind is really a lost year. We've talked about the injuries before. I mean, this team, this was a good team on paper. It's a team that came into the year. I, I had high expectations for obviously the quarterback position did not live up to anybody's expectations and very much, you know, not, you know, not just sort of picking tritely, you know, they were bad. They were not good. They did not play at the level that you expect from a Big Ten quarter quarterback room. And I think it's, you know, a lot of the other positions were sort of there. The O-line was very solid. Um, linebacking, linebackers are great. D-line, for usual, was outstanding. Secondary was a little banged up, but, I mean, for the most part. Pretty good. I mean, our, yeah. our defense overall, we talked all year, was it, we were we were solid on defense. Like we, and we should be solid with, with Patty Fisher staying. We should be solid next year. Yeah, I mean, there's very. You know, I'm trying to think of losses on defense. I mean, Patty was Patty staying. You lose Gaz at, you know, one of the DEs, right? And you lose Trey Williams at one of the cornerback slots, and those are obviously big losses. But the thing about that is, you've had, you know, you're going to get Cam Ruiz back and Greg Newsom, both guys who have started many games. So you're going to have. It's not like you're throwing in somebody, you know, out to the out to the wolves. Right. You got two experienced cornerbacks who can step up. And then at defensive end, there are plenty of guys as well who have played and shown well. You know, Ernest Brown has been, you know, a great backup. And, you know, it can be interesting. You get hurt at the end of the year, but, you know, if he recovers well, he can be a great guy to sort of step into that, that Gauze role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin O'Rourke was a very high recruit. Eku Leota played very well. There's a lot of sort of guys who could sort of step into those roles. And they're not going to – they might not be, you know, at the same level, especially for Gauze, not the same level of production – but well, it's not going to be this, you know, huge drop off that you know we saw from the quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we have you know in our secondary we have our leader. We have Jr. Pace. He he's kind of like been the focal leader and the linebacker core. You have, you know, Patty Fisher. It's like who who's going to step up and be that leader on the D line? You know, um, since Gaz is gone, I think um, we there's we have the players to do it. It's just I feel like top to bottom though our defense is sitting very pretty for next year. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, the big question will be, as it was for, you know, most of the summer is going to be, you know, the offense and that quarterback room. Because, I mean, you know, the O-line losing Jared, you know, it'll be tough. But, you know, only one losing one guy in the O-line, that's, that's pretty good. Yep, that doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, getting a bunch of running backs back, I mentioned earlier. I mean, if Bennett comes back, you're losing no wide receivers which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, and it, but Super still, bad. that was a position we struggled in this year. So guys are going to have to get better or step up. 
Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And hopefully, you know, a year of experience, another year in the weight room. Some of those, I know some of the younger recruits, you know, Jensen Hooper Price didn't really play. Bryce Kurtzson played. They were high recruits. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe them getting a year, you know, in the weight room, they could be impact guys. I think the real question will be, as we mentioned, is what Bajakian does with that, with the offense and with that quarterback room. And that's going to be the questions every single time Fitz is, you know, in front of a microphone. That's what everybody's going to be asking. And, you know, it'll be the questions that we'll be asking, you know, we'll be opining about, you know, from now to September, to, you know, this time next year. That's what the storyline is going to be. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> until we prove, until the offense proves itself and are consistent week in and week out, I think that's just going to be the, the question, you know, every week until we get it figured out. We've mentioned it before, you know, it's, it's a fascinating time to be on the, on the Northwestern, Northwestern sports fan. Well, yeah, it's different, man. We, we've ne- we haven't had a team like this in, in a long time. You know, we haven't lost like this in a long time. It's been... It's been quite some time, man. So it's it's definitely a, it's a change, and um, you know, hopefully it, it wakes us up a bit, and the guys come ready to play and ready to work. Because I mean, last year, no offense, was was an embarrassment, and we we can't allow that to happen anymore. No, I mean, you're to- you're, you're totally right about that. I mean, I'm I you know the players have talked about it. You know, they're dis- they were disappointed with the performance. You know, it was great to end on a, on a, you know with a conference win and not go you know winless in the big pen, you know, also get the trophy. Right. And you know, that's something they can sort of use to sort of step up and, and go forward and sort of try to, you know, learn from his experience and be like, Hey, we still have this to hang, hang our, you know, pun, not pun not intended, but hang our hat on. Absolutely. I think, you know, that could be sort of big, you know, especially going forward. For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, you take that, you take that momentum into the off season for sure. And, you know, having the hat's always a great thing. I mean, beating Illinois, can't beat that, man. That's the best. That's true. That's true. The pu- the pumpkin hats, as we call them. <laughs> Why do you call them that? You got those orange helmets, man. They're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, you know, thank you, everybody, for, for listening once again to another episode of the Believe in Northwestern podcast. Feel free to you know, follow us and subscribe on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You know, you know, give us give us a review, give us a five star review, that'd be great. If not, give us something else and tell us, you know, what do you want to see us do better, what do you want us to improve on? You know, we, we appreciate the feedback and love hearing from you guys. You know, it's always we always love talking Northwestern football with you. And you know, we're always excited for the next time to talk to you guys. I can't wait, man. It's it was fun again, and um, you know we got a crazy off season ahead of us, and I'm just I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, a change is good, so uh, we're uh, <laughs> fingers crossed that this OC is the uh, the answer we're looking for. Yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully, and you know, for once again for uh, for my co-host, former All Big Ten receiver Jeremy Ebert, I'm Peter Warren. Uh, everybody have have a great day and. And continue to root for those cats. Go cats, baby. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. 
ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.